Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Club Cricket Podcast in association with Nat West. I'm Yaz Rana and as ever I'm joined by Phil Walker. As the season approaches its end we've got quite a lot to talk about about our recent outings in the club game. Um, first up Phil you've been playing a lot of cricket with and against cricketers specifically from Afghanistan um, <laughs> and it's been quite a lot of fun. First tell me the story about your, your gun Afghan quick at your club who uh, seems a bit special. Yeah, right. Well, um, where do I start on this one? Um, he is a lad called Shaq, um, Shaq Ullah Wasig. Um, he arrived in England nine months ago, eight or nine months ago. He couldn't remember exactly when. He arrived from uh, a province just northwest of Kabul with his brother and his mother to join his father, who works for um, works for Uber Eats in Essex. And he joined up with his father, rocked up at our cricket club, him and his brother, having found found us online. Um, and it was the nearest club to where they were in that kind of Essex, Essex East London border. And, and they rocked up one, one evening with a few quid in their pocket and asked if they could rent a net. Now that night was our club night, our club training night. Full first team were there, obviously. Naturally, they said, well, come and join in with us, grab a ball and crack on. Fourth ball of his... Uh, uh, let me say, English cricket career. He cleaned up our first team skipper, clean bold. Um, and three weeks later was uh, playing playing in our side in the second team. Uh, he played one game for the first team, bowled one over, bowled one game for the third team, took a few. This was his first game for the second team. He's 18 years old. There's not much of him. Um, he's, he's yet to really properly grow into his body. Uh, but... Um, Suffice to say that of the 10 wickets to, to fall that afternoon uh, in some godforsaken kind of windy wreck in Dagenham, East London, he took all 10. He took all 10 to record the greatest figures in our 160-year history as a cricket club. There was one other old fella many, many years ago who took all 10, but not ten for not better than 10 for 26, which is what this boy took. He, took, he, he cleaned up the first seven... First seven clean bold, um, not even an inside edge insight. First seven clean bold. Uh, the eighth was a bouncer off the glove. He's fast, right? He's fast, and he was downhill with a tailwind behind him. And it was, you know, it was a juicy track, no question. 
but what he did was astonishing. The, the eighth wicket was uh, a bounce offended off, uh, caught behind. The ninth was audaciously um, hit to mid off. I don't know what the boy was thinking, frankly. Um, and it was only a 40 over game. So he only had eight overs and his seventh over was um, rubbish, hope, hopeless. He'd taken, he'd taken nine in six. His seventh was, was a mess. Uh, and so he had eight, uh, six deliveries to go of his eighth and final over. First ball edged past slip, second ball blocked, four balls to go. Uh, and he clatters into the bootstraps of their number 11. Everyone goes up um, and the umpire raises the finger. It was a moment that I'll never forget and I've never seen it before and I'll probably never see it again. I've asked you this before, but if he cleaned up your ones captain in the net a few weeks before, what was he doing in the twos? Well, it's an overseas thing. That's the that's the boring okay, answer. Really? Yeah, it's an overseas oh, thing. Wow. So you have limited numbers of overseas players and we have our designated overseas in the first team. So that's the reason why. Oh, wow. But also, in fairness, um, he, you know, he is a he is a developing cricketer. It was funny. It's funny watching him field. I hope he listens to this. It's funny watching him field because you know he doesn't really doesn't walk in 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 the kind of the you know the coached way. He doesn't hunch. He just sort of stands there at at deep square or wherever he's been posted. And then, of course, if the ball goes in his arc, then he, he tears after it and then fuzzes it over the top of the stumps in a heartbeat of course but the 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 learned stuff of English cricket um and club recreational cricket he's he's yet to pick that up that will come with time of course his his English is developing he's still getting used to the well the profound culture shock of being of being in England he he played a lot of cricket in in uh in Kunar uh, the, the province where he was from um, but very little kind of organised 11 aside cricket it was street cricket it was it was cricket in the valleys it was into village cricket and so on He's he lives for the game but moving from that distinct culture to our distinct culture obviously will require a little bit of getting used to but my word I mean He'll, he'll be he'll be knocking poles down for the first team for for a long time. But when I did ask him, are you looking forward to staying at Gideon Park and Romford Cricket Club for many years? He looked at me and says, "I don't know. Uh, I want <laughs> I want to play for the England cricket team." So, yeah. But, uh, how, how quick is he? Like, because because there are stories of I mean, most famously, Harris Ralph from Pakistan has gone from from absolutely nowhere playing street cricket essentially to bowling ninety miles per hour for the Pakistan first team. I'm not. Put, I don't want to put too much pressure on young Shaq, but mm. um, like how quick is he and how realistic do you reckon that is? Um, there were a couple of deliveries, actually, fo- the fo- weirdly, the following week, still in the twos, following week on a quicker pitch, he bowled a couple of deliveries that were fast, properly fast for this level. So, it, yeah, it, it's it's certainly late 70s. It might It might be pushing 80, maybe even one or two. 81 82 um but that would be the high end yeah so but it's it's consistently late 70s and as i say he is 18 you know he's he's still growing growing into his into his body and his work uh but it's it is a showstopper of a story mm. you know him and his brother his brother plays in the third team now uh these boys are still getting used to um to their new life you know and <clears throat> he explained to me about his story Coming, coming from Afghanistan, and 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 you know the family had to get out of what was a very dangerous and volatile place, and so so to find himself absorbing his way into English life via the cricket club and finding a sense of belonging and developing friendships and so on, it's just a beautiful thing, mm. beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and more more importantly, obviously, how have, how have you gone since we last <laughs> recorded the show? 
Um, oh, come on. We don't need to go through it, do we? I, 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 I think I, we do. I've got do. a few not... not... Not just yourself personally, but how have your teams done? We, we've we've done okay. We we won a, a a big one at a kind of local derby. It was good to to get that one. But because of the confected league um, cup structure, it's lacked it's lacked that bit of edge, you know, that you really? get with with league cricket. Yeah, but it's it's been lovely, and it's been from our personal perspective as a club, it's been great because we've got four teams out pretty much every week. Last year we were getting three teams out if we you know and rarely getting a fourth out so the fact that we've been able to do it this time round is is obviously very encouraging i hear generally good stories um about availability and about the take up i've heard a few horror stories as well of course um but it's all about what what happens in april now next mm. year you know can we make, retain what we've had uh and i mean that that's that's a question for later really but mm. it's it's absolutely critical that we hold on to what we've got. Yeah, we'll talk about, not on today's show, but in later episodes a little bit about um, the challenges facing clubs over this winter. So um, obviously a lot of clubs, there's a lot of uncertainty at the start of the summer about whether clubs can survive through this summer. But actually, especially with the latest government guidelines about like, events clubs can hold, it's a major revenue stream for a lot of clubs. A lot of clubs will have to find alternative uh, streams of revenue for that and we'll talk a little bit about that in, in other episodes um, but you wanted to talk about tees match tees um, <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm, I'm not sure you were you were going to be throwing me this one um, <clears throat> I, I read an email this morning from from one of our writers who's been talking to various people around his area of kind of southwest London and um, and he was saying that there seems to be a consensus that the tea the fabled tea might be uh, withering away from from the the cricketing day, because it's a it's an outlay for the club. Um, it's an outlay for the tea lady or lady or person or whoever, whoever it may be, um, and it's a it's top of the list of um, sort of spirit sapping drains on the captain's energies. Right, um, captains tend to have a list of things that get on their nerves. Um, you know, last minute unavailability is obviously right near the top, but also ensuring that the tees are are ready, paid for the lot. Um, anecdotally, this is this is uh, this is an ongoing bane of of a, of a captain's life. So the question is, when we're looking at it, do we do we hold the tea as sacrosanct for next year, or do we do, do we do we adjust to the new to, to the new normal or the new abnormal, however you want to put it, and all of that? Because what we have found is that it doesn't really interfere with the flow of the day, particularly. Um, people muck in, you know, they pop to the shop, they pick themselves up something or beforehand, and and while I've missed a cup of tea, I've really missed a cup of tea. I, I haven't really missed the ritual of sitting around waiting for a, the last little bit of Battenberg, you know. I, I, I personally, it's not really interfered on in my enjoyment of the game. Uh, I, ju- I just wonder if clubs will be looking at, you know, cutting costs going through into next year, looking at things, looking at ways to, to keep the show on the road. And possibly that might be one of these things where, uh, in certain clubs anyway, it becomes under threat. Yeah, I've never really got uh, people's obsessions with match tees. Maybe it's because my own club's match tees aren't very good, almost always the worst in the league. And also, to be honest, this season... Our innings breaks have been shorter um, mm-hmm. because people just eat what they've already got. There's no queuing. 
There's no waiting for the table to be set up or anything like that. It's been much quicker. And to be honest, if it stayed like that for the foreseeable, we'll be fine. The only thing that's a bit village is, uh, like, you know, eating by by the boundary rope. I would like to go back inside, obviously, but I think you can bring your own stuff. I mean, I'll obviously be, be, you know, it it would be a sad day to see it it wither away. Um, And and, and what's cricket without its breaks for food and drink, of course. Uh, But yeah, we shall have to see, you know, as I say, it's this is not just a sort of throwaway, frivolous remark. There, there are captains out there that I've spoken to myself and that I've I've heard, and as I say, received an email from a well-connected person in club cricket this morning saying the the teas are done. <laughs> I the, was imagining the, how this many is hours, an how many hours this winter will be wasted? No, not wasted, but will be spent debating over whether clubs should continue having match teas well, or well, not. Well, again, and it's it's the age-old. Um, traditionalists progressives argument and this is again just re- i've just gone back to the email while you were chatting and and yeah there's a clear sort of generational divide on this one but anyway we'll, we'll see we'll see oh uh, wonderful um my, my end of the season was really underwhelming um we only, oh yeah sorry i should have asked yeah, you. yeah yeah uh, anyway we only won one game all season um i mean we struggled to build pressure with the ball we struggled to take wickets and we struggled to make big runs with the bat so you can kind of work out what went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Everything pretty much. Um, There's only three t- three things wrong with this team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so to, to kind of highlight, I think I think my own season is probably sums up where the clubs where, where my where our twos are at. Uh, I bat ten and I finished second or third in the batting averages. Oh, uh, and uh, I bowl every game and <laughs> average more with the ball than I did with the bat. Right. So uh, I think that, that pretty yeah, much sums, sums that, that, it up. That, that, that neatly does the yeah. job. Although I did get 20 not out back at number 10 when we were 60 for eight and got us up to 112, which meant we only lost in 28 overs as opposed to 24 overs. I, I, um, was, I was really impressed sincerely with how you bowled in the nets a couple of weeks ago <laughs> at Southwark Park. The new, the new kind of... The spiritual home of English cricket, it, it feels really is. now. My really word, is, what, yeah. a, what a buzzing place for cricket this is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you came in. You were wordless, considering you 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 work in words for your for your career and speak for for money. You turned up. You picked your ball. You might have brought your own. You probably would have done actually, being COVID responsible. You brought your own ball, and you wordlessly bowled for two hours. Just ran in from the back of the net, uh, hit that length, hit the top of off. It was it was impressive. Yes, to watch. Well, but interestingly, you don't honest. bat, do you? You don't. You don't. You don't ever really throw the bat in the nets. Uh, it, I I genuinely prefer bowling. So like on Tuesday, we're recording some Friday. So on Tuesday, I'd had a two-hour net with a friend. I just bowl for two hours. What? Uh, yeah, I prefer it. Um, I've, wow. I like batting in games. I like batting in games. Uh, I, but in terms of nets, I, I do prefer bowling. But I mean, part of the frustration this season was that I felt I was actually bowling okay. But I bowl first change and the ball was doing absolutely mm. nothing. And my speed, and we've been promoted a little bit in recent years better batsman can just line that up I, I, I was kind of wondering like what should i just pack it in and start bowling spin genuinely oh, on tuesday i was don't i was bowling i bowled bowl an hour of spin um and it's, it's actually much harder than it looks <laughs> i can only get it to turn if i really slow it down um but yeah just like the, the ball wasn't swinging at all and mm. i think that even if the ball's just doing a little bit mm. in the air that makes quite a big difference it puts a little bit of doubt in the batsman's mind i wouldn't yeah. be able to do that at all this this summer um, was it, yeah, it was quite a depressing moment uh, in my last game. I was like, mm, I'm not even bowling that badly, but it's not going well. But what about the intensity of the games, considering the peculiarity of the I, summer? I think they were pretty much pretty, with the exception of our first game. I talked about it in a couple of episodes ago. 
where we had that rain, but we mm. weren't sure whether to come back, back on. I think mm. that didn't quite feel like a league game at all times, but I think the other games did feel like league games. Actually, well, the, ga- the one game that we won didn't to a degree because of there being quite a big standard gap. So our league's based on geography pretty much and just so happened that most of the teams were about the same standard. There's one team that was three or four leagues below, so we beat them. That didn't really feel like a league game at times. But other than that, it's really felt it's really felt actually as, as intense as a normal normal season, which has been good. Um yeah, I, I think just people miss the competitive nature of it. Like people haven't you know, for me, cricket is the only sport I, I play competitively, but there'll be other people there who play lots of sport and they haven't been playing any sport for so long. Yeah. So they just want that probably more than the cricket. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, I I I've found on a personal level that there's been no drop off really at all. Um, you know, I've I've been frustrated, I've been engaged, I've been irritated uh, and and I've enjoyed a a good result and a good win uh, and the odd good knock just as much as I would have done normally. Um, In terms of intensity, I I played a game at Arundel just briefly, played a game at Arundel for the Authors CC. Now, all right. Week after Alistair Cook scored a ton there? It was two days. Okay. Two days (laughs) after, yeah. Um, And uh, we played against the Afghan Refugee Council. now, I played against them about three or four years ago, and they were developing cricketers. Um, they've developed, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Uh, they, they, it was a 20-over game, um, and they beat us reasonably comfortably. It was actually, we've got 35 overs in because of the rain. Uh, but they hit 170-odd from their 20, um, and I, I saw some of the biggest sixes I've ever seen, I've ever seen in my life. And there's a purity to, to the way these, these lads play. Now, they are probably between late teens, maybe 20, 21, then none older than that. Uh, it's fascinating to see the difference in technique as well um, between, you know, homegrown player and a, and a, and a player who's, who's grown up in those conditions playing a different, different form of the game, really, in truth. Uh, and there's a there's a kind of unbridled style about it, you know. And as a consequence, they hit the ball so far because there's a snap in the wrists in the way you don't get that so much with with play, players who have grown up playing in English conditions and you know coached by English coaches and so on. So when the first shot you're taught is a forward offence, exactly. Then cover drive, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was under a, a the steepler to end all steeplers at long on uh, waddled in a bit ran in a bit more, then stopped, then got, went back a bit, then sort of looked at my watch, then considered what to do with the rest of my day. And then it was still climbing. By the time it landed and literally plugged in the wet turf behind me to the extent that I had to scoop it out with my hand, I was nowhere near it. It was so high. And I've got reasonably good hands. I'd back myself. It went so high, I almost, almost lost it up there. It was absurd. Absurd. Uh, and if it had landed on my head, as it could have quite easily, then it would, then I would not be here now. Uh, anyway, it was a glorious, glorious afternoon with, with these with these lads, and and again, humbling stories similar to what I was saying with with mm. my boy Shaq. Mm. Um, on, on, I wanted to finish on netting, um, actually. So you're netting for netting sake at the moment, quite regularly. It's become a weekly thing, almost almost a ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, I've come down once. It's a it's a good laugh. Um, <laughs> you didn't give any impression that you were enjoying yourself i was really enjoying it I was, as, as, as you said i was bowling quite well i was, yeah, I was, in, the zone. I was in the zone lovely. um i mean admittedly you didn't bowl to me but you know, uh that's true that's true yeah, I'm um, really batted by the time you turned up but do you think that 
you know, what, why, why do you now, now that the season's come to an end and people had so long without cricket, um, how long do you, how long do you think that people can go into the winter netting outdoors? When, when is too late? It's a really, Be- because I think this, a, this little group is going to have to uh, battle this question at some point. Yeah. We don't really want to address it yet because it's <laughs> been a real, real godsend for people. We've all united around this, this makeshift Wednesday night net thing that we now do. Um, and you know, there's a lot of kind of cricket journalist royalty who turn up, and they're you know they're clambering to get there and cancelling gigs and this, that, and the other. Uh, it's it it is a concern genuinely because you know obviously the nights are rolling in straight away. I can the only the only early, the only it? response I can give you is that it will continue to eat into our working day, and I think our start time <laughs> will just go further and further back. So we'll be meeting up at half one, two in the yeah. in the freezing cold and the teeth of Windsor <laughs> in the middle of December just to get yeah. a couple of hours in. Yeah. Hey, out of all the WhatsApp groups I'm on at the moment, it's probably the one that's most active. Mm. Yeah. And and I sit in my, my little uh, camping chair at the back of the net. Oh, this is this is truly ridiculous, actually, listeners. So basically, when Phil, <laughs> when Phil has his bat, he gets a camping chair and it's like uh, there's two nets in a cage. So from a safety point of view, you know, it's probably not the safest place in the world to sit. No, but you but are I watching am... the action. You are watching the action, oh, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. watching both nets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just uh, get your camping chair out, sit there for an hour and a half, watch everyone else bowl, watch everyone else bat, and then you have the occasional bowl. When yeah, you fancy I, it. I don't want to give the impression that I'm sort of arrogantly disdainful of bowling, although obviously I am. Yeah. Uh, so, what impression are you trying to give off? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I got this thing together in the first place, right? <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's not a great look, it's not a great look. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a thoroughly lovely experience. And uh, another lad came up to us this week and said, oh, "I hear you on the podcast." And Joe was there, Joe Harmon as well, another podcast stalwart. Um, subscribes to the magazine, listens to the show. So yeah, if you're listening to this one, mate, you made my week. Uh, anyway, I think that's a wonderful place to end end the show on um this has been the wizard club cricket podcast in association with nat west if you enjoy the show please tell your friends and we'll be back soon cheers Podcast Network.